Well, good morning. My name is Pastor Brad. I'm the worship arts pastor here at New Life. Just want to say a special welcome to those of you who are first-time guests with us here today. Uh, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to be here at church. We love you. We pray for you. Uh, we plan for you to be here, so I hope you've had a great time so far. Uh, welcome to those of you who are regular attenders. We love you guys as well. Thank you for being part of our church family. Uh, and I want to welcome those of you watching online as well with us. Thank you so much for joining us today. And uh, wherever you're at, we're just so glad that you're here uh, with us. Now, if you missed last week's message, I want to just give you a little bit of, of context about, for what I'm about to say. Uh, Pastor Chris last week shared some news about my wife and I that uh, is frankly uh, happy sad, as we say in our house with our kids uh, it's, it's happy in that we're going to be following a calling of God over our lives to Colorado. Uh, and, and really, in uh, the end of May, we're, we're finishing here at New Life on May 31st. We're going to be moving in probably July, uh, June or July time and uh, going out and continuing ministry out there. Um, so that's a happy thing that God is doing. But it's sad because we have to leave all of you unless, of course, you want to come with us, which is totally fine. So... Um, <laughs> But, uh, you know, you don't have to root for the Broncos, just so you know, all right? You move out there. Um, but, um, but, man, it's just uh, it's an incredible time and very honored by Pastor Chris and Nancy and, uh, and Pastor Barry as well and the rest of our staff as they have uh, just been so loving and, and kind to us as we've been seeking the Lord uh, for these several months, uh, just seeing what he would say, what he would have us do. And, uh, and for their continued support, uh, it's such, such a blessing. Uh, but I want to let you know, that's all I'm going to say about that right now, all right? And I'm sure many of you have a lot of questions like, how did this happen? And, you know, why are you going? And those kinds of things. And, and I want to let you know, in November, I'm preaching a message called God's Special Invitation. And I'm going to talk specifically about that process. Um, and we're going to be in the middle of a series called Experiencing God. And uh, I hope it's something that that I've experienced with God and something that might be able to help you all uh, in your experiences uh, with God so you can go more. Because over these next 52 weeks, we're seeking to experience God unreserved. That's what Pastor Chris introduced last week. And we know that in order to do that, it starts by, by uh, accepting and believing in Jesus and putting him first in our lives. We know that he lived a perfect life, a life we couldn't live. He died a death on the cross that we should have died in our place. And then God raised him back to life again three days after he was uh, buried. And when he was raised back to life, he overcame sin and death forever. That's what the scripture teaches us. And that's what Jesus tells us. And the apostle Paul tells us over and over. And, and when we believe in Jesus, then we receive his righteousness. But here's the most important thing, I think, is that we get to be welcomed into a perfect family with a perfect heavenly father who loves us. And, and when he embraces us and welcomes us and we get to experience that together. And that's what it really means to experience God is to experience his fatherhood in our lives. And uh, it's just such a powerful, powerful thing. But we know that if we're going to experience God unreserved, we have to understand this one thing. And that is that God believes in you. God believes in you and he believes in me. He sent Jesus just to prove how much he believes and how much he loves us, and he wants us to be part of his family. And, and as Pastor Chris said last week, you know, a lot of us probably think when we go to church that we're going to hear the pastor say, you need to believe in Jesus, which, by the way, you do. But, um, but, but really, we need to understand that God actually believes in us so much that he sent his son for us. And so when we put our faith in him, we receive a brand new life. I love what the Apostle Paul told the Corinthians. He said, listen, when you are in Christ, you are a new creature. 
That means that the old is gone and the new has come and it's continuing to come as God is growing us. And that's what we're launching into today. We're beginning a brand new series under the umbrella of experiencing God unreserved. We're going to talk about experiencing growth because one thing that we know is that if we want to experience God unreserved, we have to have the power and that comes from believing in Jesus and receiving the Holy Spirit, but we also have to take steps of obedience and steps of growth. And so in this series, Experiencing Growth, we're going to be looking at a spiritual, uh, spiritual growth continuum. And on this continuum, there are four segments. There are the explore segment, those who are looking for God. There's the believer segment, those who believed in Jesus. There are the disciple segment, those who've believed in Jesus but are taking steps of obedience to follow him. And then there are the spirit-led segment, and that is the people who are literally being led by the spirit as they walk in obedience. And the Holy Spirit is speaking and moving and all of those things. And, and we're going to be focusing on each one of those from today into the future here in the fall, these, first, these next few uh, weeks. And it's very, very important because we need to understand that we can actually measure our growth. We can know where we are. We can experience God in very real ways, no matter where we are on the spiritual growth continuum. But, but here's the thing I want us to focus on. It is possible to measure spiritual growth, and knowing where we are helps us to know where we need to grow. So it's like if I were to leave here today, and I didn't know where I was going after this. I didn't know, which, by the way, I'm going home to watch the Steelers. Uh, hallelujah, we're in football season. I feel like, whew, I can get through the rest of the year, okay? But, um, but I'm going to go home, and I'm going to watch the Steelers, and I'm going to watch them annihilate. Who are they playing? <laughs> Who? Oh. Well, we'll see what happens. I'm going to be praying. That's what I'm going to be doing. You can judge me for that if you like. That's all right. Okay, so, um, so, so I'm going to go watch the, the Steelers play Seattle. But if I didn't know where my house was, I wouldn't know how to get there. I wouldn't know when I get to the end of the driveway, do I turn my turn signal right or left? And the same is true in our spiritual life. We have to know how to get there. We have to know where there is. And a lot of times it, it's hard because we don't know exactly where there is. But in our series, we're going to try to help put some handles around this so that we can pick them up and, and, and kind of follow along the spiritual pathway that God has ordained for us so that we can grow from explorer to believer to believer to disciple and spirit-led. And it's really, really important. So today we're going to be focusing on explorers. What is an explorer? I want to give you a definition of what an explorer is. Here's what it says. The people in this segment have a basic belief in God, but they're unsure about Jesus and his role in their lives. So these are people who have a basic belief in God, but they're, they're exploring Jesus. And they may be exploring other gods too. And they're just trying to see what is real and who is the real God. But they do have a basic belief in Jesus. And they're exploring. They want to find out who, who it is that, that has the truth here on the earth. And, uh, and, and so if that's you today, first of all, I just want to say thank you so much for being here. But also want to say, you know, thank you for, for being here. But also listen up because we know that God has the truth for you. And we believe that God wants to show himself to you today in a very loving and very real way. But explorers are looking for God. They're seeking him. And that's totally fine. You see, I think for those of us who follow Jesus for a long time, we get frustrated with explorers because we think that, uh, that they just, man, they just need to get it together. But the reality is we were all there once. Right? Yeah. 
I can't tell you how many times my mom said, you need to believe in Jesus. And I was like, all right, whatever. But now I know I need to believe in Jesus. And I believe if you're an explorer in here today, by the end of the message, you'll want to believe in him as well. But the Apostle Paul actually was really engaged with, with explorers. He loved to engage with them. In fact, one time he was waiting in Athens, uh, in Greece, for, for some people to come and meet with him. And while he was waiting, he was walking all around the city, and he noticed there were a lot of idols in this city. It's kind of like, you know, our cities too. We have a lot of idols, a lot of billboards and things that are just trying to steal our attention away from, from God. And, and Paul, said, the scripture says in Acts 17, that he was deeply troubled by this. And so he began to go to the, to the synagogues, which would be like our church today, and he began to reason with the Jews and helping them to preach the gospel. He was preaching the gospel to them, helping the, hoping that they would understand who Jesus was and what God had done through Jesus. And so Paul, as he's sharing these things, people begin to listen and people begin to pull him and say, listen, we want you to come and talk to us and we want you to come and talk to us until finally he gets in front of the city council. Now think about that. The city council wanted to hear this message of Jesus. And the reason was because Athens was, was like this center for ideas. It really was similar to like our Washington, D.C. This like a big think tank. That's what Athen, Athens was back in the day. And so Paul is standing before the city council, and that's where we're going to pick up our scripture today in, in Acts chapter 17. Here's what it says, beginning in verse 21. It should be explained that all the Athenians, as well as the foreigners in Athens, seem to spend all their time discussing the latest ideas. So Paul, standing before the council, addressed them as follows. Men of Athens, I noticed that you were very religious in every way. For as I was walking along, I saw your many shrines, and one of your altars had this inscription on it, to an unknown God. This God whom you worship without knowing is the one I'm telling you about. He is the God who made the world and everything in it, since he is, since he is Lord of heaven and earth. He doesn't live in man-made temples, and human hands can't serve his needs, for he has no needs. He himself gives life and breath to everything, and he satisfies every need. From one man, he created all the nations throughout the whole earth. He decided beforehand when they should rise and fall, and he determined their boundaries. His purpose was for the nations to seek after God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him, though he's not far from any one of us. For in him we live, move, and exist." As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring, and since this is true, we shouldn't think of God as an idol designed by craftsmen from gold or silver or stone. God overlooked people's ignorance about these things in earlier times, but now he commands everyone everywhere to repent of their sins and to turn to him. For he has set a day for judging the world with justice by the man he has appointed, and he has proved to everyone who this is by raising him from the dead. When they heard Paul speak about the resurrection of the dead, some laughed in contempt, but others said, we want to hear more about this later. That ended Paul's discussion with them, but some joined him and became believers. Among them were Dionysius, a member of the council, a woman named Damaris, and others with them. So what Paul did here is crucial for us to understand. If you're an explorer in here, you need to understand something. God wants you to explore him. Paul shows us three crucial intersections for explorers, and the very first one is this that God wants you to explore and discover him. God wants you to explore and discover him. And that's the key out of this whole passage that we need to understand because it actually leads us to our take-home point today, and, and it's crucial that we understand this. 
And our take-home point is this. Explorers are not far from God because God is not far from explorers. That's what Paul just said, right? Paul's going in and, and he's helping the people understand these people who had shrines and idols everywhere to God's who were named, and apparently there was a savior but God um, that was to an unknown God, by the way. That's what that is, that savior but, in case there is a God that you didn't think of, right? That's what you do. And by the way, we all do that in our lives in one way or another. But, um, but there, is, <laughs> there, there, there is this moment where Paul is sharing with these explorers who are having all of these ideas. He's saying, listen, I have the truth for you, and I need you to understand. So the first intersection here is that God wants explorers to seek him. Look what Paul said. He said his purpose was for the nations to seek after God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him, though he's not far from any one of us. So Paul is, is saying, listen, explore. Go after God because what he knew is you're going to find him. You're going to find him because he's close. He's right here with us. I love what Jesus said. Jesus said where two or three are gathered in his name, he's there. But God is actually everywhere. He's omnipresent. And so if an explorer is seeking after God, truly seeking after God, they will find him. That's what Paul is telling us. And James, who's Jesus' brother, he said this. He said, come close to God and God will come close to you. So if you're an explorer today, here's your intersection. Keep exploring. Keep going after God because he's really close. He's really close close to you, closer than most of us think. So that's the first intersection. The second intersection that Paul mentions is this. God wants you to experience him fully. God wants you to experience him fully. Look what the apostle Paul said. For in him we live and move and exist. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. So God has created us to know him and know him fully. In fact, if you were to open up the Bible and go to the very first uh, book in the Bible and go to the first two chapters, what you would see is God created everything good, but then he created man and woman, and then it was really good because man and woman were different than dogs and cats. <laughs> Thank goodness. I would hate to be a cat. Oh, my goodness. What a horrible life. All right, so we're humans, and we were made, actually, the Bible says, in the, in the image of God. And so we were created to have this relationship with God, this connection with God that's different than all of the, the animals. And it was really good because we could experience God fully. But then sin came into, into the world and, and, and messed that all up because we disobeyed God. And that's why all of us, if we're really honest with ourselves, we have this longing in our hearts for God. We know there's more. And we want to press into that, but we seek it in a lot of different ways. Like we pursue like sex or drugs or money or music or work or whatever. And we try to fill our lives with that because we think that'll bring us joy. And the reality is, no, it's actually our deep desire for God in our lives to experience him because we were created to know God. We were created to know and experience him fully. So that's the second intersection for an explorer. The third intersection is this. God commands us to change our minds about him. Look what Paul said. God overlooked people's ignorance about these things in earlier times, but now he commands everyone everywhere to repent of their sins and turn to him. So if you're an explorer in here today and you're, you're close to God, and by the way, God's really close to you, 
and, and you're now learning that God created you to know him, then you need to understand that God is always also beckoning you right now to repent. And, and a lot of us, when we hear that word, it's, if we think it's like a churchy word that, that it just kind of gives us like the icky feeling, you know what I'm talking about? Like, because we've, we've heard it used poorly, you know, maybe you've heard a preacher on the street or you've seen video of a preacher on the street saying, repent or burn in hell, right? Well, actually, that's true, um, but, <laughs> but the reality is to repent means something even deeper than, than just having a fear of hell. Repentance is actually, it means to reconsider in our minds. And so if we're walking one way, Pastor Chris often says if we're walking one way and this is the path to sin, and, and it does end in destruction, by the way, Jesus told us that, and Jesus loved us enough to tell us that, okay? So, so that, that end is destruction, and we're walking in this way. By the way, we walk in this way naturally, but when we hear the message about God, then we need to reconsider who God is because God is actually beckoning to us, saying, no, listen, this way is going to lead to destruction, but if you'll walk with me this way, you'll find life. And so what Paul is saying that God commands of us is to reconsider who he is, that he's not a God who wants us to experience hell. He wants us to experience him fully and completely. Jesus said that he came to give us life, and that life comes from within us, and it comes as we put our faith in Jesus. It comes as we repent, as we change our mind about God. That's what repentance is. And here's the key that we need to understand. Repentance leads to transformation. Every time, no matter where you're at in your spiritual journey, if you're following Jesus already and there's an area that you are unrepentant in, if you will repent in that area, God will bring life. Because repentance leads to transformation. So God is commanding you today, if you are an explorer, to reconsider who he is, that he loves you. He loves you so much, he sent his son here to live a life you could not live. It's a life that is perfect. You see, God has a standard. His standard is perfection. I can't meet it. You can't meet it. We get frustrated when we try and we try and we try and we fail. And God's saying, listen, I sent Jesus who met my standard, he lived the life for you you could not live. And then Jesus did something even more incredible. He went to the cross, and on the cross, he was nailed and he died in our place. Jesus took Brad French's place on the cross, and he took your place too. And he died the death that a sinner should have died. Jesus, who was perfect, died on the cross for our sins. But then, when that atonement was made for our sins... He was buried, but three days later, God raised him back from the dead. And this is what is so incredible, and I mentioned this earlier. When we believe in Jesus, because he has overcome sin and death forever, we can be welcomed into his family. I love that. The apostle John says when we believe in Jesus, we're adopted into his family. We get to be part of a family that is not dysfunctional. Right? I mean... Now, it's still filled with people who are dysfunctional, but there's a God who's perfect who's bringing the dysfunction out. And that is so good. And God is saying to those of you who are exploring, listen, I am really close to you, and I want you to find your life in me, but you're trying to get it here, but it's over here. Would you reconsider? Would you reconsider today?
who God is, that he loves you and wants you to be part of his family. So as I talk about these next few things, which actually pertain to uh, you as an explorer, but it's something that other believers need to understand about explorers, I want you to think about that. Would you just think about God and his relationship with you that he wants to have that? With you. So if you're a follower of Jesus in here today, I want you to understand. I'm going to share with you five things that explorers are looking for. Okay, and this comes out of a survey that Willow Creek Church did out in Chicago. They, they interviewed thousands and thousands of people from many different churches, many different backgrounds, many different ethnicities, and they found five particular things that each segment needs. So explorers need five things, believers need five things, uh, disciple-led people need five things, and spirit-led people need five things. And I want to focus on these five things for those of us who are believers so that we can understand what it is an explorer is kind of looking for when they come to church. Number one, help in developing a personal relationship with Jesus. Okay, we want you to know about New Life that we are deeply committed to helping you and explorers have a personal relationship with Jesus. Deeply committed, so much so that we'll stand up here and talk about Jesus and tell you that you need to put your faith in him. And we try to do that every week because it's true. We need to have a relationship with Jesus, and it needs to be an ongoing, deep, growing personal relationship. But this isn't the only place. We also have incredible small groups, 40 of them this year in the fall. Just an incredible place for people to find communities that change lives. If you want your life to be different, get in a group. Okay, just get in a group. Just do it. Right now, we're, we're just about to launch into a week of starting, so go sign up today. Sign up on your card at the Next Steps area. Where, whatever you need to do, get in a group. We have an incredible children's pastor who's in here today. I'm with her awesome husband and her awesome little baby boy, Jax. Yeah, give it up, Jax. Woo, putting his hands up. Look at that. Sweet. That was perfect timing. Good job, buddy. But this incredible team has, they've just built an incredible team over there who just love kids and teach them about Jesus. And then New Life Students, which meets every Tuesday at 6.30 here in this building and in that building and all over this place, actually, um, they just do an incredible job sharing Jesus because we want people to know that a personal relationship with Jesus is crucial. Number two, compelling worship experiences. Okay, we, I, I just want to sit here for just one minute, okay, because I'm the worship arts pastor, and I want you to understand something that's on my heart and on Pastor Chris's heart because we work together on this. When you come in here on a weekend, a lot of people who are believers, even for believers for a long time, begin to start saying this, why do we need all the lights? Why do we need that, that haze stuff? I mean, what is that stuff? Is it healthy? Uh, that's a good question. You should ask that, by the way. Um, <laughs> I don't know. We'll find out in 20 years. All right. Um, just kidding. It's water-based. All right. I, I, it's all good. Okay. But, um, but, but, but why, do we, why do we need this music? I mean, you know, can't we just use a keyboard or something like that? And the answer is, yeah, absolutely. We could have no lights, no haze, uh, no music. We could, in fact, we could just sing with the beautiful voices that God gave us, right? We could do that. But I want to ask you something. If you were an explorer, put yourself back in explorer's shoes, where would you go in culture to stand with a group of people you really hardly even know and sing as loud as you can? Where would you do that? Concert, right? Like unless you're in high school in choir or in college in choir, once you leave those two environments, the only real place where you stand and sing with people is a concert. 
And so we want to have that connection point with explorers because it's weird to come into a room and stand and sing and, and sing with sometimes words that, frankly, we just don't use. And, and, and there's nothing wrong with the word bulwark, but I would just ask you, do you know what a bulwark is? Okay? And, and, and so we don't use those words. We, we follow a strategy called indigenous worship where we want to use um, music, technology. Um, we want to use dress. Uh, we want to use everything that we can uh, that we can connect in the culture without uh, giving in uh, and conforming to the world. We want to stand up for Jesus but use the things in culture that connect with explorers. Right? So that's the thing that we need to understand is that we do all of this so that we can connect with people. And so if you're a follower of Jesus in here today and you've been following Jesus for a long time and you're asking that question, I just hope that you have an answer, at least an understanding of why we do it. And I would encourage you, if you don't like it, um, start a small group where you just sing with your voice. All right? That's fine. Like, we're totally into that. Do it. Okay, that's a great thing. But that's why we do worship the way that we do worship. So, compelling worship experience. Number three, a feeling of belonging. A feeling of belonging. A couple of weeks ago, Pastor Mark had all of his connection team in here, and they were in here uh, having a great time, actually. They had a great meal. It was delicious. And then they had these two uh, really cool areas set up. One was sumo wrestling, and one was jousting. And it was super fun to watch people do that. <laughs> and, uh, and they just had a great time. But the reason that they had this party was to help them understand that church is a fun place, and it's a good place where people need to come in and see people who are smiling and happy and enjoying the presence of God, because God is fun. You know, he really is, and we can step into that. And so the connection team was being trained that day on some very key points on how to engage people as they come in, how to, when you shake somebody's hand, don't go, glad you're here, right? <laughs> like, that stinks, you know? I mean, don't do that. Like, hey, we're really glad you're here, you know, without being fake, by the way, authentically being glad people are here. Um, so, so they work on that. They, we try to create a culture of belonging. Now, that's just the broadest sense on a weekend, but we also teach our small group uh, leaders how to create groups where it's welcoming and, and, and engaging and those kinds of things. So I, I would just encourage you, belonging is a very important part of our strategy here at New Life. We want to notice and welcome guests, and we want to notice and welcome you, no matter where we are. So that's the third thing. Number four, help in understanding the Bible in greater depth. On the weekends, we do that in this moment. We look at the Bible, we break it out, we say, how, how does, how's God calling us to live in response to this truth? Okay, but we also do it in small groups, we do it at New Life Students, we do it in the children's area, we do it just about everywhere we can. Sometimes we have seminars and classes to go deeper so that we can understand and have a deeper relationship with God. But explorers need that. The last thing explorers need is a church, church leaders who model and consistently reinforce how to grow spiritually. And I want to let you know that the team that I get to serve with here at New Life is just incredible. They are constantly seeking how to grow, how to get better in obeying Jesus, how to grow up in him. And I get to serve with Pastor Chris, who uh, is just such an honor to serve with him. And with Pastor Barry, who has been just a great example to me of, of how to grow, uh, even when you don't feel like it. <laughs> and, and Pastor Mark and Alex and, and Kristen and, and our whole team, just constantly, we have a culture of growth here at New Life because we want to get better at following Jesus so that we can share that with you. Because we believe that when Jesus said, hey, I came to give you life, we actually believe that. And we want to experience that, not only here 
you know, inside of us, but with all of you. But explorers need that. They need to see leaders who are leading well as they follow Jesus. So if you're an explorer today, you need to know that this church takes your, what you need very seriously because we, we care about you because God cares about you. And if you're a follower of Jesus in here today, you need to know that your church is caring about explorers. We love them. We want them to be a part of, of our church family. We want them to be a part of God's family, of God's kingdom forever. And our hope is that you will too, that you'll catch the wind of this, that you will begin to take part in helping an explorer. And maybe you'll have an explorer in your small group. What a great opportunity. Man, step into that. You know, the scripture says that, uh, actually Jesus uh, told us that, that perfect love, it casts out fear. So be bold. Take courage. God's love is in you. And, and because his love is in you, you don't have to be fearful. So step into relationships that sometimes <laughs> maybe you would try to avoid. Right? And I understand that. Okay? I'm an introvert. When I see a relationship that looks like a mess, I'm like, bye. You know? <laughs> uh, it takes a, lot of, takes a lot of gumption for me to go, I'm going to walk towards the mess. All right? But here's the reality. We all have lives that are a little bit of mess. We need to step forward together. And we need to walk together and help each other. And so as we go through this series, there are three things we want you to get. Number one, where are you on the timeline? Are you an explorer, are you a believer, are you a disciple, are you spirit-led? Number two, what's your next step? And number three, how can we grow together and take our next step together? Because we cannot grow in a vacuum. We need each other. We need each other. And so as we continue this series, I hope that we'll find those three things together. So if you're an explorer today, I'm going to pray for you in just a minute. I'm going to pray that you'll receive Jesus in this moment. If you're not an explorer and you're a believer already... I would just ask you to take today's next step, which says this, I will engage and explore in the love and truth of Jesus this week. You see, as a believer and a disciple and a spirit-led person, Jesus has already commanded us to go into all the world and make disciples. Our spiritual pathway begins there to know Jesus, to be a disciple of Jesus, but then to go and make other disciples. You know, and I think when we read that passage, we think, oh, that's great that our pastors do that. No, no, actually, that's written to you as well. In fact, you're more appropriately suited to reach the people in your life than we are. You can reach the people where you live, where you work, where you play better than we can. But we want to equip you and we want to help you to do that. And that's what we're trying to do through this series and then throughout the fall as we grow deeper together. So we need to go out and tell people and help explorers find Jesus. Let's pray. God, we love you. Thank you so much for this time together. And we pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you'll stir up in us a deep longing to help explorers, to love them, and to lead them to you. And God, today, if there are anybody in here who right now just today had this understanding that, that, that they need to be a part of your family, and they want to be a part of your family. God, would you just meet them where they're at right now as they admit their need for you, as they believe in Jesus and receive him into their life in this moment, and as they commit their life to you today. God, would you fill them up? Thank you for them. Thank you that they are now part of our family and that there are angels rejoicing in heaven. There's party in heaven because they're believing right now. 
God, thank you for them. And God, for those of us who have made that decision to follow you, God, my prayer is that you will help us to lead other people well, that we will not look down on them, but that we will remember we were once explorers and somebody led us. So help us to be that person to someone else this week. In Jesus' name, amen.